guys, welcome to Cold Film Review, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, we're taking possession to the next level, and then a level after that, because we're talking about The Exorcist 3, so let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> where in the hell are we? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing has turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand talk. No. Oh, my God, no. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get older, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Happy guy, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor, head over to iTunes. Leave us a review. If you do, we will give you a shout out at the end of the show. We got one to do. Shout, shout out. out. So make sure you stick around for that. And then when you're done with that, head over to cultfilminreview.com for all your cult film and review needs, like picking up a t-shirt, or maybe you want to check out some of those wacky rating boards that we do that Chris is whipping out and putting up on there. Really? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Really selling it, guys. And then uh, join us September 13th because it's going to be so hot. We're going to be burning because we're talking about the burning. That's right. The burning will be at Phoenix Film Bar with us. Guys, Mike will be there signing my headshots. Mm-hmm. So make sure you come out for that. It's September 13th. Nigga tickets where, Chris? The Film Bar, PHX.com. That is right. <laughs> Tonight we are talking about Exorcist 3, but before we do, as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenberg. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everybody. All right, so we're talking about Exorcist 3. It was directed by William Peter Blatty. Blatty? 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 Uh, that sounds like a Blatty. Yeah. William Peter Blatty, and he also wrote this, came out in 1990, had a budget of $11 million. made $39 million in the box office, currently has a rating of R. I like how you say currently, like it's going to change. Yeah, the yeah. NBA is going to just change. Yeah. It's like now it's a PG Unrated 13. <laughs> With this, there is missing footage, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, And currently sits at a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. This was Chris's pick. Chris, why'd you pick The Exorcist 3? I picked this because... The Exorcist is uh, probably one of the most famous franchises slash horror films ever um and the sequels that follow the original exorcist um are interesting because number two is often like just totally not discussed or talked about because it's a terrible movie um and three i feel like has had sort of a resurgence um and I did, I, i'll just say i did see this movie when i was younger it was on television and i watched it and I just remember being bored to tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, because it had been, I, I've been seeing it pop up here and there. I'm like, we should revisit this movie and see what, what it has going for. Because obviously there's something here that people are, la- are latching on to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, w- uh, one thing I would like to argue mm. on that, though, is I, w- I don't know if I would say it's one of the most popular franchises. Well, I mean, like. You, I, you can say The Exorcist, and people think the original film, right? Yeah. So I feel like the the next two just kind of get thrown into would, that. Would you call Jaws a franchise? Yeah. It feels like the same situation yeah. there, right? Like, yeah. Like, it's yeah, everybody, similar. everybody's thinking, yeah, that's the pinnacle, right? Jaws is like yeah. this classic movie. And yeah, there was a second one. 
And yeah, there was a third one. And I think some people think there was a fourth there one. Was a, I think there was a fourth and one. And then some other people are also thinking, there might have been a fifth one. No, that's just the ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, no, I, I feel like it's that kind of thing. I, I don't, like, yeah. franchise... I mean, come on, not every... I mean, it's it's a franchise. Here's, it, it is a franchise. It is. It uh, is. It's I'll, in the series. Okay? I did have a TV series too. I'll yeah. go next because here's well, where go I go next for what for uh, answering. Uh, have you seen, seen, this? seen this before? Because Chris <laughs> already jumped in on that. I so did. I'm jumping in on it oh. next. Okay, get on it. Cody. I didn't hear that setup. So uh, he set it up himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will. I will say I've never seen this before. And here's where I, I say it's not the franchise. It's more just the solo movie because I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I'm super excited to watch Exorcist 3, The Heritage. The Heritage. Or whatever the fuck the one is called. The Heretic? That's two. Is it Heretic? I thought it was Heritage. That also tells you how much I know about two. Mm. <laughs> I don't know anything about the sequels of The Exorcist. And, I'm- and I would say The Exorcist is the most terrifying movie I've ever seen. And I've never heard a good thing, nor have I ever Felt the urge to see a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you probably because how do you top wouldn't. that? How yeah, do you top one? I don't know why. Why did people go watch Jurassic Park sequels? Listen, the I dinosaurs? mean, anybody that grew up in the <laughs> video the store, you know I mean? anybody that grew up in the video store, you know, and went through the horror section could could obviously tell. Oh, there's a two and a three, and like I want to rent all of these, and I think you know that it was the right time for that, even though it was. You know, they weren't good or memorable like you wanted to see it as part of the series. Kyle, you know? did you want to see I didn't want to see it as part of the series. Chris is just making this up in my childhood. What about you, Kyle? <laughs> um, yeah, this is my first time seeing this movie. You um, didn't have that urge walking through the video store to so see two and three? I, I, honestly, um, what happened was, I, I agree with you, Exorcist is probably, for me, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Um, it wasn't until, like, shit, I don't know, I might have been, like, 16, 17 that I decided, like, oh... Yeah, maybe I should check out the sequel. And I, I think I watched like the first fifteen or twenty minutes, and then I said I definitely don't want to check out the third one. And yeah, because yeah, because it usually cause goes, I, the second one put just a bad taste in the mouth. It so usually it's goes like, ah. like uh, the the third one's usually not as good as the second. You know? Yeah, usually the second like can rock some shit. Yeah, but it did not. What about you, Mike? When did you see this <laughs> theaters? Uh, I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I saw it um probably like three years ago, the okay. third one. Right, I had seen the second one. Okay. Um. So, were you? Um, were, was it burning in your loins that you had to yeah, see? No, like yeah, not really. Oh, just Chris, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a completionist, man. I want to see the whole series. Like it, it, it's it. It wasn't so much that I think it's kind of like what you're talking about, right? Like it was the assumption, just sheer assumption, that this movie sucked. Yeah. And um, then one day it was like on TV, and I was like, oh, "Let me check out this bullshit." And then I was like, "Oh, all right." Like so, and we'll talk a little bit more about it on the show. But I understand where the resurgence is coming from. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, uh, I yeah. could see it because it feels like the Halloween three of the meaning, like it's it's like to me at least because I haven't seen the other one. It's different, right? It's not really an ex. It, like it doesn't. It's not. I, doesn't I, involve I Reagan. I really it wouldn't call it. I yeah, wouldn't really. really call it an Exorcist film. No, it well, wasn't. It originally wasn't meant it to wasn't. be. It wasn't. It's supposed to be titled Legion. And, and I agree with that one hundred percent. That's a great title. I agree with that title one hundred percent. You know what I, this I movie felt like too. to me when I was watching it? It felt like it could have existed in the same universe as Manhunter. Like you know what I mean? Okay. Like like this like 
de- it's like this detective story, this true crime detective story, but it ends up taking a supernatural turn, similar to like I guess Fallen. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of has that same Dude, vibe to it. Too. I will tell you what, man. I was the whole time watching this, and this is I don't want this to give away my review, but. It, at all and I don't think it will but the whole time I was watching this I was like damn dude this movie would be awesome if they remade this <laughs> I just thought like from the get go it needed an update mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is but that's just yeah it, it you're right it does feel like a lot of movies that can even like the cell you know what I yeah. mean it kind of yeah. yeah. is like this cop that's on this cop adventure that it, yeah like you said turns into a yeah. turns into a supernatural movie you know it's a scenario and well, it's I'm sorry, I didn't no, mean no, to cut no, you off. I, I think it's it, because it what plays you said was well. <laughs> sorry. It plays really well into that skeptic versus yes, the, the woo woos out there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like a cop is a good example. Woo woos, yeah. Like Woo-woo. when you're wooing somebody, Woo-woo-woo. it's called wooing. Woo. <laughs> A lot Woo. of woo in the world. The woo John Woo. Magical shit. Okay, I'll put it that way. John um, Woo too. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, like it. You know, it. That's a classic place for like a like a like a scientist. But like a detective is a good example too because he he deals with real life shit. I always and love like, that. Yeah, I always love that idea of like. That that that's like always been like a, a, an idea of handbag. Have been a great a movie I would love to see is like almost like a film noir style, but with a supernatural turn, like the detective. Because because I don't know what it is. Maybe it, it as audiences for movies we've seen, we almost we we associate detectives as completely and totally grounded in reality, right? You have to mm-hmm. there's clues they they're good at solving these crimes and finding the the truth of it. So it's like when you throw them into these supernatural moments, I. I feel like that's such a cool energy and a cool vibe for for a story. Yeah. yeah. And actually with like the rise of all the true crime stuff going on, like this film was like heavily like the Zodiac killings were refer- not referenced necessarily but used as inspiration for the Gemini killer mm-hmm. in this film. And so like you you're seeing now this resurgence of all the serial killer true crime like TV shows and stuff and so maybe that's why you're like this needs an update because it fits right be, in with our interests I'd right now. I'd be stoked if this movie had an update yeah. and if they released it under the actual the title of the book Legion. Great. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? People probably want to figure out what the fuck we're talking about. So <laughs> it's time for Plus with Mike. Okay. So Exorcist 3, it does actually have a little bit of a tie-in to the original. Um, there is a, uh, I believe it's Father Dyer, right? He's the uh, best friend of yes. George C. Scott, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so Father Dyer was friends with Father Karras mm-hmm. from the first movie. Bill was friends with Father Karras. Yeah, he. But I, I got the impression that Father Dyer was like super close friends, and he was kind of like they yeah. both were friends. I, yeah. I believe. I believe Bill says that. That, that being said, so uh, after Father Karras <laughs> passed away, Father Dyer started feeling really, really lonely, and um, you know, George C. Scott's character, uh, Lieutenant Kinderman, uh, has always kind of kept him company to. You know, to basically, because he knows that, like, he's an alone guy, sad now, and stuff like that. So he always kind of, you know, uh, on the, like, the eve of Karis's death, they kind of, like, go out and they reminisce and whatnot. And on this particular night, they're they're talking about philosophy, as they often are. And uh, Kinderman is investigating these crimes because he... Uh, Went after this guy called the Zodiac Killer years ago. Gemini. Gemini. God damn it. I'm going to do this all night long. <laughs> uh, the Gemini Killer all night. Yeah, he's been chasing this guy, and he's this one uh, detective with that weird theory that, like, he's not really dead. Like, that somehow he survived or whatever, because he's looking at these newer crimes, and he's saying, hey, there's a little bit of resemblance here, and people are telling him, you're just looking for shit, right? Um, turns out that um, 
he goes, to, he starts following these cases and he ends up meeting a guy who claims he's the Gemini killer, but looks just like his friend, Father Karras. Turns out Father Karras, when he fell out of the window, uh, the spirit of the Gemini killer, who did actually die, inhabits Father Karras and now is possessed. Ending. Yes. And uh, spoil, that's pretty much the whole, the, film the whole thing. Well, I don't know how to get to yeah. the exorcist part without explaining yeah. that. Okay, so you guys <laughs> I think wanna, that's okay. Do you guys yeah. want to rate this man or jammer? Yeah, okay, or? so I give it a four. No. <laughs> Go on. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about The Exorcist 3. Incidentally, who is this Damien you mentioned? Don't you know? I know nothing. Except I must go on killing Daddy. I must shame him. Are they calling these Gemini killings in the papers? You must get them to do that, Lieutenant. It's important. The Gemini is dead. No, I am not! I'm alive! I go on! I breathe! Look at me! Look at me! And tell me what you see. I see a man who looks like Damien Karras. If you looked with the eyes of faith, you'd see me. And we're back. We're talking about Exorcist 3. Chris's pick, 1990, 11 million, made 39 million in the box office. Success. That is a success. Um, you know, that's that's the crazy thing. Uh, I guess when he came to the project, originally John Carpenter was approached to direct, and then he bowed out because uh, they couldn't agree. That sounds like John. That sounds like John Carpenter. And I can't help but watch this film and think, man, what it would have been if John Carpenter got a hold of this. Would have been Prince of Darkness. Would have been Prince of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly really funny. what it was. Oh, you seen that movie, uh, Prince of Darkness? That's what it would have been. Yeah, yeah it would have been that exact film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one would have been smiling. I tell you that goddamn much. <laughs> no smiles on that set. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is some in the mouth of madness going on in this film. Yeah. It's mm, almost like he, he like got approached to the project, read the script. Yeah. They didn't agree. He's like, I'm going to make two out of one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have a good idea here and here. They're never going to work together. <laughs> he so what, what year did this movie come out? 1990, which it was written like oh. it was written in the 80s. So he originally wrote it as, as like a sequel. For, well, he wrote it as a book. Well, nah, he yeah. wrote it as a sequel first. Then they turned down it. They didn't want it. Then he wrote it as a book, turned mm. it into a book. And then turn it back into a movie after it was a best-selling book. I'm getting my movie, goddammit. <laughs> and I don't think, yeah, and from what I read, too, did not want to have it named Exorcist at all. No, he didn't. It's Legion. You want to yeah. name it after the book, Legion. Oh, this was a purely marketing at that time. Oh, it totally was. It was yeah. like, we need to get in on this. That's why well, there's like so much stuff to, that's shoehorned into it that, to reference the it back. The, all the priest stuff. All is, the exorcism stuff. It's shoot in there. Yeah, the, the priest. Oh, yeah. The whole Father Karras thing is like, you can tell it's like, well, the was this even shot in the same room? <laughs> like, yeah, it well, seems like the Father Karras stuff was, was 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 in the original thing, but the like the exorcism that at happens the at the end was not. With yeah. the, um, and that was a huge battle. He didn't want to do it at all. Yeah, the the guy uh, the the priest uh, morning when morning comes in at the end, right? But he was yeah okay. he was not in the movie. But if he didn't <laughs> want it to be an exorcist movie, they wouldn't have had a Father Karras in it. No, no, he, he didn't want it to be called Exorcist Three. He didn't want it to be a direct sequel. Its story is Legion. Oh, but he wanted to exist in its world. It's well, in the it's, same yeah, world. It's yeah. In the oh, world. Same world. Okay, I was on the impression yeah. that he did not want to be associated with the franchise. Oh no, this oh, okay. is based off a book, which is a sequel to his book. Yeah, this or is, in the yeah. same world. It's in the same universe, and 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 Kinderman, the the the, the lieutenant, is from. 
exorcist even though he has a, i guess he has a small part in the movie I he never... was a cop when father Karras died he was like there at the scene or whatever right? yeah i never yeah. i guess he has a bigger part in the book i've never read the book but he from what i read is he has a bigger part in the book hmm. um and he's he's like the correlation into this into this movie now it's passed over to yeah. this okay um and he's now investigating this case and that's why it all involves father Karras and patient x and all that stuff. And this completely ignores the second film of yes, the series. It, yeah. it has Apparently. to. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was what thinking. What is too. the second film? Real? Can anybody give me a quick it's rundown? It's a continuation yeah. of Reagan's story yeah. and, and what happens like after the fact when she she goes and gets like a bunch of testing done and it's just yeah, it's not Does she get memorable. possessed again? Uh, I don't remember, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that film until, since I was a kid. I don't know. I've never seen it, so I mm. couldn't tell you. Um, and then, yeah, so the, and, and George C. Scott steps here in here as uh, Kinderman. He's not the original actor. The original actor, unfortunately, passed away before they filmed this movie. Mm. But George C. Scott steps in as the actor, and um, I think he is awesome in this movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just have one problem, and that's his age. Did he seem like he's just too old for the role to anyone else, or was it just me? No. No, he seemed like he was, like, on his last couple of years as a cop. Dude, I was like, this motherfucker's in his 70s. Like, that's how I felt. Like No, he looked like he was in his, like, <laughs> 50s or 60s. I, I, Yeah, I mean, I guess I liked that, though. I didn't have a problem with I, it. I liked it because it, the, there was a great dynamic that played off the other cops that he was on his team, the younger guys. I just didn't like the, like, his, his daughter felt, like, too young for me. Like, I just wasn't, his wife felt too young for me. He just felt too old for the role. Not saying, like, for those aspects in the role. When those aspects came around, I was just like, ah, oh, you guys are taking me out of the movie. When we're in the hospital and he's doing his police work and stuff like that, totally bought in. One hundred percent bought in. Yeah. It's just those family moments well, that really take well, me out. Not a, a lot of family moments. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say you get it like at the beginning and then at the end, and that's pretty much it for the for his family. Yeah. You know, as far as his character goes, that that that's the I just that and that's how I, I kept, when I kept on watching this, I was like, ah, oh, this is something that I would change if I if I had a chance to remake this film is recast it, yeah oh yeah I would recast him as it, it, definitely as a younger I don't I didn't have a problem with this at all I wouldn't, I I wouldn't say I'm still I, watching uh, George C. Scott act yeah like, I wouldn't so. say younger <laughs> I would say just may, maybe it's just George C. Scott like I, I don't know I think in the 50, 50 year 50 to 55 or 50 to 60 is a good age for this character because a, it gives him plenty of history and backstory 15 years ago. Okay, mm-hmm. this is believable. He'd be like, you know, in his prime as a detective solving these yeah. murders. And like making him, uh, I don't know, I think making him older and having a younger team around him kind of makes him feel like a wiser and stronger character as well. I loved George C. Scott in this role. No, no, I liked him too in this role. I just, again, I just felt like it was it was hard it was hard to buy in just because I was like, man, you're fucking old. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. When you got blown up against that wall, you would have broke a hip. <laughs> you would have fucking broke a he hip. He was pretty stocky, man. He No, he, no, <laughs> Chris. No. no. I don't get it, man. You watch seven year olds beat the shit out of each other in a ring all day long. And you're mad at fucking George C. Scott. Uh, no, <laughs> like why can't you give George C. Do it. It could have been about it. Wrestlers be wrestling until they're like 60. Not anymore. They used to, but not anymore. Yeah. And you didn't have a problem with it back then. No, you're like, like, oh, fuck, I'm, yeah, Hogan's I'm, back. I'm basing this on the fact. <laughs> Dude's like 90. Shit. I do it now. I you're do right, it now. right now at Raw, did you, were you not fucking hoping that he was going to be like, oh, yeah, and there's a chair's going to get pulled out and he's going to come back to the ring? Yeah. You did. It didn't <laughs> feel unbelievable to me. It just because Hulkamania is still running wild. Okay? <laughs> still talking about Hulkamania. Kinderman, Kinderman is not running wild. <laughs> okay. All right. 
He's you know? the Hulk Hogan of this when neighborhood. He, listen, though. when he walks into the fucking ward of old people and he looks the same age as all of them man, in there, give him a break. There's it's fucking that doesn't play well, man. It doesn't. That, that's all I'm I saying. I thought nothing of it. Yeah. I was just. Oh, taking, I didn't think anything yeah. of that. Oh, I, I, I was Not just taking I it like he's a, it. he's a pretty good actor. Like that, I was more impressed with like some of his performance. I couldn't help but yeah. think it. I liked his. It took, his, it, it took his, away his, from his performance. I, it, I, not at all for me at all. I thought his performance was great. Let's get past our like or dislike for George C. Scott. I do want to say something about George C. <laughs> Scott. I'm not saying though. that I dislike him. <laughs> I'm not saying I dislike him. I do want to say that he's got a real Pacinoism going on. Does he? In in I this thought, film like, that I never Douglas. noticed until this point. Like, no, like what I mean by like the Pacinoism, like there was a whole. Moment where Pacino just started going, ha, ha, and then like that, that he became a character. Sure, sure. Like George e. Scott, his bursts of anger are so unwarranted. They and are go so so zero to sixty so fast. But then back down to zero, and like yeah, and like for little things, like what do you mean you have these goddamn spoons? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like what? Where did that come from? <laughs> Maybe it was like <laughs> William William Blatty letting letting George C. Scott just go off the rails. Like he's like, just try something. And I, he's defi- like, I definitely bet you. I bet you George C. Scott walked in and was like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Think he did like- <laughs> Probably. And they were like, okay, George. Yeah. Yes, George. <laughs> no, I believe that. I believe that. And I, again, it warranted. I think there's freedom on the set with the actors because if you go to Brad Durf's character as the Gemini killer, I mean, they give him a lot of fucking room to do whatever he wants to do. Ooh, man. Oh, man. I'll yeah. tell you what. Uh, listen, it was entertaining, and I might be the the one on here that uh, people disagree with the most. Oh, here. I already know where you're gonna go, and the, probably go yeah, ahead. it's all right. <laughs> the scene where they're in the cell together. Yeah, go on. I mean, what the back half of the movie? Yeah, yeah dude. Exactly. <laughs> that's the that's that's again the, where this movie I feel like again could could go with a remake, and I feel like they kind of they bottleneck themselves too much in that fucking hospital, yeah, and too much. Like for for a legion, um, it's like two people in a fucking hospital, and that's the pro- that's a little bit of the problem with it. It's not big enough in scope, and this hospital in that fucking room, man. When you have a fifteen minute scene in there, or at least that's what it felt like. I don't know how long that scene is, but it felt like fifteen minutes. It's Which a long one? Which one? scene. Which the scene? first their feast their first meetup when he when he punches him in the nose. Gotcha. Um, that that's scene cute meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 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 fucking that scene goes on. not that it's bad it just goes on too long like mm-hmm. i lost interest mm-hmm. like halfway through it that's so I, I that's so weird because i feel like in that and in, in th- that scene and all these other scenes like i feel like brad dorf does a great thing of he's like kind of like I, and i'm sure a lot of this is special effects in the back end but just the way that he modulated a his mannerisms his voice his tone everything that it it, may, it felt like he was seamlessly slip, slipping between different personalities during the conversation, and that kept it going for me. Yeah, I thought uh, for if we're going to talk about his performance, I I, I liked that. I, I always think about how hard it is to be scary, you know, for a person to be scary. And a lot of what Brad Dourif's doing is he's reciting these monologues directly into the camera, um, and. So he has to like actually try to capture his audience and scare his audience. And it's just like the most basic thing possible. You're just looking at a camera and I feel like he did terrify me in some, some circumstances, but there were also other moments where, you know, it was kind of like corny laughable. See, oh, I would say this movie, like if my, like I, again, first exorcist to me, probably the scariest movie I've ever seen. 
this movie was like I would put this on the same level as like I think and maybe Kyle said it before uh, is like a, like the same level as like a Silence of the Lambs. It's not really like scary. I said Manhunter, but Manhunter, yeah. same, yeah, Hannibal Lecter type character. You know what I mean? Where it's not I, I really will agree with scary. that. I, I'll say this: I, if I, if we're if we're knocking points off of the film, we're knocking it down right now. I will say that it could have done with. Um, I would have I would have been happy to see more activity at the hospital. Like, so the one scene I think is the only real jump scare in this movie is when the the night worker nurse gets attacked. By the by, the old woman in the gown, and it's like it's such a great shot. The door closes, and the second it closes, all of a sudden, boom! She's behind, she's like walking through that door again. Like that was a great jump scare. And the film, I felt like here's the thing: I felt like the film spent a lot of moments building the tension for a good scare that never happened. But that's what part of what I felt was scary about it. I almost was almost comparing some of these uh, intense scenes to some of the shit you'd see now in like Hereditary or even Conjuring, where it's just like let's take that scene where you first you get that first element of possession where the old woman is in the uh, the confession booth mm-hmm. and the priest is talking and it's just pushing into a darkness, you know, just blackness, and you just hear this voice starting to morph slowly into this familiar demonic voice that you've probably heard in like the original exorcist, you know? And I'm like, man, that's some like fucking a 24 shit that they would do now. You know, it's like to build that scare in the psychology and like the claustrophobia of that, of that scene of the darkness of that scene. I, I think that I disagree with maybe not Chris. I can't tell right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think this is the best part of the fucking movie. Like, I think Brad Dorf acts the shit out of this. He does. Like, yeah. it's really good. And the amazing thing about it is, at this, I, I didn't catch it the first time I had seen it, um, but I caught it now. I'm like, shit, man, like, this is so eloquent and stuff, but he's just, like, like talking exposition. Yeah. Like, all of it is, is, like, he's explaining how... Well, here's how I got into Father Karras's body. Like, it's just a whole step-by-step story. But he does it so with such eloquence and, like, poetry. And he's doing such a good job just, like, fucking looking insane and crazy and, and frightening. That, like, it's like a trick. It's like a sleight of hands. Like, the, at the end of that, I always feel like it's like a good magic trick. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, you made that shit interesting. Good job. I also guys. love yeah, that. But- I love through all these scenes he has, like, a, like a tear. He looks like he's crying, guys. Oh, yeah. It was like, what a, what a nice right little now, added little There's piece. no way Brad Dorf didn't go in this and I was like, I'm going to fucking destroy this shit. Like, he looks like he's bringing all his A game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem I'll agree with Cody is, is we, we spend too much time on that and I think it wears off. Like, and it's what? not like, but some... I gotta say something though, guys. Like, I I know it doesn't have as much action as the original Exorcist, but a lot of the Exorcist is fucking talking. It is. I agree. No, I I don't disagree with that. But man, you want to talk? This is a talky film. Okay. This is a talky. You can't spend. It's hard it. to spend ten minutes in the same location, just going back two shot back and forth, like mm-hmm. between two characters. It is very hard, and to keep um, interest. Yeah, but I, I, I agree. I don't know if I agree or disagree, but I did think the the scares were effective in this movie. Like not only just like the slow burn scares, but also like the jump scare you were talking about, and the, the what they did. I they I think they actually borrowed from the original Exorcist. The, the that quick zoom on something. So when you said mm-hmm. like. 
you know, the 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 white nun comes out and or I think it's a nun or a patient no, or whatever. A patient and a, oh yeah, like and it, it 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 pans in or it, it zooms in really fast on that hit and it's yeah. so effective and they do a lot of that kind of stuff in here yeah, where I it's like, like that. it catches you off guard in a weird way. <laughs> in a very weird it, way. It just needed it needed more of it though. Like it had some great it had some great moments in there where it really brought brought the creepiness, but I felt like it was focused on the case too much. Yeah, I needed more. I well, agree. no, yeah, that's I, kind I, of the part I, I like. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that part too. I like that. I like that it is a detective film. The thing, the thing is, and 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 you know, I think Chris brought up like a twenty four. Like, yeah, these kind of slow burn things is reminiscent of current films. But the thing with those is, you usually get some sort of real punch you in the balls type of ending that really relieves all that tension mm-hmm. that built mm-hmm. up and the film this film doesn't quite have that massive like holy shit type of thing that happens so I think it, I love the slow burn I love building tension it, it, it some of that makes me feel dread while watching the movie is, is wonderful but there needs to be I think a few more payoffs in this film that mm-hmm. that we're missing you also see none of the kills you none really like none of like anything yeah. that happens. It always cuts out to the uh, next I scene. Little... I mean, one of the, one of the most gruesome kills I think is definitely not. But what was when the... he's peeling off the ceiling? Oh, that was yeah. pretty. Oh. Yeah, well, pretty and gnarly. I would say yeah. yeah, that was cool. And but you, you were waiting a long time to get something. Well, that's like the that. first time you see like really any gore. You're yeah. right. Um, yeah. except maybe, and she doesn't get her head cut off, but that the slice of those shears. Dude, how Again, she, that's she, the ooh. horror I'm talking about. It's yeah. like not, you don't, nothing yeah, happens, but it's the tension, fuck, you yeah. know? That blade is the dullest blade ever, dude. I was like, how did it not even scratch it's her? the shining, oh my God, it gets right there. You see yeah, the special effect of like the skin like drags. It's okay. I was I, like, I, oh, Jesus Christ, the guys. idea, <laughs> The idea of just those, that imagery alone, can I just say while we're on that imagery, yeah. I think the cinematography is really the too. shining star of this movie. If we're going to, like, the acting is good. I agree. You know, the, 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 the sound is good. The story, in my opinion, is a little whatever. But, like, the cinematography, you can tell from shot to shot like somebody really thought about okay, this I, I mean <laughs> I, I know it's, it's not my favorite scene in it because I said it goes on too long even though people are they're trying to act their ass off in that and they are it's just the way that lighting is through that those two windows and how mm-hmm. it lights both of them is just fucking yeah. amazing it is that whole scene is just like framed perfectly um and th- yeah I agree the cinematography is 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 great the 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 I wish again. I wish there was a little bit more of the element of the um, of the horror in there, rather than so much focusing on uh, Kinderman and maybe the case and the relationships that he had with these people. I get that you have to tie that in because that's where the terror comes from. You know, it really is is this cop dealing with like basically losing his friends to whatever this entity is, and kind of coming to grips that it is it does exist. You know. Um, I get that that's what it is, but it's just, yeah, it needs m- more of the, it needed more of the supernatural element. It wasn't scary. And then when they did try to shoehorn that shit in at the end, it fucking kind of ruined it. See that you're talking about the, what, the, what part though? The, 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 the exorcism at the end of the film. Okay. That, that's the part that was shoehorned in that, yeah. well, that see, was not supposed to be in the it film. Doesn't fit. I, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm wrong on this, but I still think that the whole Father Karras thing, I remember at the end of this film, the first time and even this time, I was like, why do they even need to have that? Like, why do they have to explain it? Like, they, 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 they try such a hard job of trying to be like, this is connected to the first one, like that it felt weird to me. Well, I mean, the, the base of the story is it's just the ultimate, like, payback. That's, that's really all it comes down to is that. The, the main spirit, we'll just assume it was Pazuzu, uh-huh. thought, 
There's no better way to get back at the people that just forced me out of this body than to possess the priest that did it. Right. And then use him to wreak more havoc. havoc. Yeah. You know? So from that element, I actually appreciate that. That that's more like malicious, like it's a more malicious act. It kind of felt, but to me, it felt soap opery. You know what I mean? Like when, when like a person would die and they come back and they'd be like, "It wasn't me. It wasn't a brain tumor." Like, Can I be honest with you? That's. It felt like there was a lot the, to get him to come back to get Father Karras back into. Well, this. that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree with you 100. And I'll give you the example of where I agree with you because I felt like I was like, "You're a fucking demon." What the science behind this shit? He's like. Well, he had a lot of brain damage, and I had to rebuild his yeah, brain. Like, like, like okay, that part I'll agree. Here. That part was a little too. Explain like his X Men power. That's why it's fucking weird. That's why it took me seventeen years yeah. to come back. Uh, I thought that generation. I was like, really? So fifteen years is what it takes to repair a brain? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, we're a demon. I'm like, what are you guys doing, man? We gotta get these guys in the in the doctor. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like the whole time I'm listening <laughs> to that part, and I'm thinking to myself. Or like, just like make it not around Karis. Like, yeah. this could have just happened but anywhere. No, but no, like, it, it had to go around Karis, right? Well, well, he thought it had to go around Karis because he was connecting the K names. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because of I that was no, but they weird. didn't have to no, even go that way. <laughs> that's not weird because I guess in the in the novel, from what I understand, spoiler in the novel and uh-huh. uh, in the original script, what it was was how how um, the the demon basically or Gemini like demon went away was the father. Uh, that he was so much hated, uh, the killer and the, his reason for killing, um, passes away of a heart attack. So right. the, the the demon's like, cool, I can I can care I can pass on now because that pain is gone. Yes, because yeah. there's no reason to kill anymore. His driving motive of his father, yeah, yeah. not being you know, is not a problem for him anymore because his father's dead. dead. Yep. That make yeah okay. So that's kind of right. where it went with the original. We that's, can't, a, that's a cool that's a cool book ending. Like yeah, <laughs> we can't. I think it would work on film though. Do I don't know. Like, I, like again, I think the Father Karras thing would make more sense in a book. Like, I bet you, if I was reading a book, I'd be like, "Oh, cool, man! They're bringing back Karras and they're explaining how that happened." Like in a book, it makes yeah. sense to explain these long mm-hmm. treks into things. You go back it and forth kinda, in time. In this one, it just felt like it's kind of hard to believe. Like, well, you, you know, he was the cop that found him dead at the ve- at the end of the first one, but then like he didn't die and he is alive. Well, they said he crawled out of the casket. So it's like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's I just, don't know. It's a saying, lot of explaining. I, I get, I, yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It, it definitely felt. It, it, de- it definitely felt uh, choppy. Let's say that it, it wasn't very uh, a very smooth. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Story point. I want to know if maybe it was not a good idea for Blatty to direct his own story. Maybe it would have come out differently. If I don't some- think it was. Yeah, like he's too I, close really? to it, yep. and he wanted to keep too mm. much in, and I, it's a I mean, hundred and ten minutes. Sh- it's a hundred and ten minutes. It could definitely be shorter. After I was watching, dude, after, seeing it, and I don't think they did enough. Like I don't think they focused enough on building like the tension. Like everyone kept on saying tension. I was just like, I just see an old guy who's fucking getting angry. What? There's some great yeah, shots. There's a of lot tension. of great oh, shots man. where it's just like, what's gonna happen? The what's fucking, gonna happen? We haven't even talked about the old grandma crawling around on the roof. No, we haven't. But and that's uh, like technically that's great. But I didn't find it creepy at all. What find, the fuck? That's I thought like the it, creepiest part. I no. thought it was. Dude, by then, can <laughs> I tell you something? Old lady climbing on the thing. By then, I was so fucking bored out of my mind. <laughs> uh, here know. it comes. I was so fucking bored out of my mind. They could have taken a shit on screen, and I, I, I would have never fucking noticed. <laughs> I, I will say that when the, when the granny turns her head around, she and she ends up looking like the Six Flags mascot. <laughs> 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 What the fuck is that? Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's just okay. like some it's like 
We, we didn't even mention like the credit sequence in the beginning. I thought that alone had tension when it's just creeping down that street. You see the kid standing in the corridor and you're like, that's weird. And then it just keeps going down that dark street. And I there's mean, that priest running, sprinting yeah, up and down the street. You're, you're on edge already because you're like, this is like sucked me into this weird. And then the kid shows up again at the end of the street. You're like, all right. Like to me, that, that really like set yeah. the tone of what this movie is, which that is slow and, burn kind of horror. That in like, um, even though the, I thought the scene was a little goofy, but um, uh, George C. Scott's character's his dream when he's in Heaven's Waiting Room. We should talk oh, yeah, about we that have to scene. Talk about that well, scene that, because that is a that is a all the people cameo that are filled. up there is, is are makes no sense. It's like sports stars, Samuel and Jackson, fucking like poets what? and shit. Fabio. Up in heaven, yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Patrick that Ewing. Patrick yeah. Ewing's there. Larry King is there. Fabio oh. is there. You're just talking about the, the the just the casting, but like we're talking about a cast of people where it's like the Fabio one seems really weird, dude. They're so recognizable that, characters that you're looking at it like it felt goofy as fuck. But here's the thing: it's not shot anyways goofy, and Patrick Ewing is kind of scary as a fucking angel of death. I feel like the way mm-hmm. that it's, it's shot straight like that, though, is what kind of made it... I don't know. It just felt... Like, the whole thing with the celebrities in there just fell out of you place. Know, you know what's funny, though? Here's the thing, guys. Spiced up the movie Because they were didn't, all here's well the thing, guys. at the time. Didn't even notice the celebrities in there. Me. Well, you didn't... I did not even notice. You really? didn't notice any of the celebrities. You didn't see nope. Fabio. You didn't have I, The only one that noticed was Fabio, and I thought, why the fuck's Fabio you in this? Did, did you watch a lot it. of basketball? Patrick Ewing is like, his face is like burning my head. No, I didn't, wa- I didn't watch a lot of basketball, <laughs> but I didn't notice Larry King. It was funny, when I was watching the credits, I was like, when the hell was he in this movie? Um, I, I I think I was more mesmerized by like how bizarre that That's, scene was. But it's that, a very bizarre scene. Well, but see, that I, brings up a good point. Go I on. think that this film, oddly enough, comparative to the second one, where this one's, or sorry, the third one or the first one, Jesus Christ, um, is that the first one didn't really have like any humor to it. Where this one has like a little sense of humor. Um, I guess between like the priest and and uh, the kin- priest Kinderman, is fucking Kinderman. funny, man. Yeah, yeah. Their their whole their whole banter back and forth is I could watch that for fucking. They're days. like the it's odd great. couple. It was yeah. great. Yeah, super fun. I don't know. Did you think that he was he was doing it for comedy? Yes. There's a part of me that kind of felt like, man, that's like how a real dream is, though. <laughs> and we're talking about the dream still. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. No, you're, no, you're I saying thought it was that, done for like a, that like, the like, dream it, casting all these people was was a comedy someone, thing. Were you no, we were just talking about the, the I know their interaction. So I, we uh, we were separate from the no, dream. I, no, were that, you saying yes, also? Also, okay. is what yeah, I'm saying. Okay. Yes. Um, it does have a comedic element like, to it. I like I took it, it as like that was like a real fucking dream. Like I was like, that's the most like accurately shot dream. That it's only in a dream. You're just like, here's my friend, and he's dead. Patrick Ewing, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, like it's so weird. Like, I actually took it as no, like these are people that like are actual celebrities in his time, and he's recalling mm-hmm. in his brain or something. Yeah, interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, I almost just thought it was like a cheap play for like just something. to get some people. In there. Oh, it legit. Samuel is, Jackson has a line in here, but it's dubbed. <laughs> like, it's not his actual voice. Um, so why the but Samuel Jackson's why the not. All these keep in mind, Samuel Jackson angels. is not Samuel Jackson right now. No, right. no, no, no. I think he's just a. I like how he, how um, George C. Scott Kinderman just like they slowly leak you how he's figuring out that it's actually the Gemini killer. Like they don't tell you right off the bat. You see him doing weird things. He checks out the body. 
you know, he looks under the cover on the left side, the right side, and then at the head. And you're like, why is he doing that? <laughs> you know, like, why is he looking at it like that? And then later you find out that the Gemini killer had specific things that he did, which we kind of touched on earlier. But the public actually didn't know the real things like they 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 changed it. So that they could really identify who it was, you know, because there's always bogus people Bro, saying this, claiming crimes and I stuff. Wish, this part I, of the movie killed me. All right. What, what, why? Because it was the most repetitive excuse used over and over again. Like every time something would happen, he would just fall on that. Listen, we never released this to the public, so don't ever repeat this again. The Gemini Killer, we knew he wore a dress. What do you do? Oh, okay, this so literally listen. happened in like one no, scene. No, dude, it's in fucking multiple scenes. It's in one it scene. Yes. I it's thought it was one scene. Scenes. I feel yeah. like it's one scene. People ask no, him a lot had a about... a bad time watching this movie. <laughs> no. Jesus. He kept watching that scene <laughs> over and over again. The, the, so when Karis goes off about the fucking girl that he killed and the dress that she wore... That was the first time. There was another time when he explains about the fingers. Guys, it's brought up fucking seven or eight times. No, 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 By the ninth no, no. time, it's fucking boring. Seven, eight, you mentioned two. No, no, no. I, but he reveals... I keep going. Do you want me to just go yeah. through the whole fucking yeah, movie? Because it. it's the whole fucking Hold movie. On. He reveals more and more about so what ridiculous. he knows about that case. It's not like he just keeps repeating the same line. No, over but and that's over how him. it starts out. As he reveals, every time he reveals something about the case, it always starts out with, we didn't let the public know this. <laughs> The fuck you didn't let the, what the, we we told so the public. What? Wrong I don't know. I feel like a lot so of movies what? do that. Fucking, I feel like a lot of movies do that. But it was every piece of information that came out. That's how it started. It went down. That's such an exaggeration. There was a lot of exposition in this movie, and Brad Dorf's character does it the entire time. Like, I mean, that's I feel like how this movie is presented to us is like here's a more here's more information that yeah. we're gonna sprinkle in, to in, the in that, viewer. In that, by the way, in that way, I do think you're right here's about what's that? Maybe the author shouldn't have been. Maybe he, over there. Yeah. I'm yes, sorry. I agree. Yeah. Maybe he's he's yeah. filming it like his book. I agree. Probably he's like, reads. Well, this part is very yeah. vital to this. I got to put this in the script. And yeah. somebody's like a screenwriter is like, no, you right. don't do that. Like, I, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think maybe that was a, a small issue with the storytelling of this movie. I don't disagree with that. And the entertainment value, I should say, of the movie more so than the storytelling. Yeah, I think what the entertainment value is is honestly it comes from for me at least was comes from the performances because I may not like the material so much, uh, but man, I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, the people that are in this movie act their asses off. I don't know what the name of that fucking creepy ass fucking nurse was. Glad you brought her up. I thought was going to be evil the whole fucking time. Is that Nurse X? <laughs> X going no, wasn't it her name Julie? Nurse Blaine, Nurse Marin. I don't know. There's wasn't like, it? It's the same name as, her, as his daughter. You know, she's the one that brings the bag in. You think it's going to be to kill that fucking little kid, but turns out it's just toys. Yeah. Well, she had, I mean, her whole look, you think she's possessed. Dude, you like, think she's a, yeah. you do. You think she's part of the Legion the whole time. I was yeah. like, you bitch. I thought, I, I was going to tell you. The thing I thought about her is she was like, she was like unnecessarily like unhelpful. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something? It's, <laughs> you know? That's why I knew it, she couldn't be part of the Legion. Because she was just so unhelpful. Because she was so like clearly like, no, she just like legit hates George T. Scott. Like, or her job. She's just or like, his, <sighs> her job or her life. Yeah. Like she just doesn't fucking give a fuck and i feel like the legion is too ingrained in trying to manipulate you <laughs> and she's just clearly like i just don't fucking care i want to go home and don't touch my shit but it comes <laughs> but it comes off as i might stab you at any moment yes! we don't know I don't <laughs> she get walks that. that line i agree with yeah, chris on this does. one she does because you i mean some 
some people just play characters and you're like, you just know they're bad right when you see them. Dude, I you're was just way, like, you're something's yeah. going to fucking happen with you. I don't know what it is. I, but. As soon as I saw her, I said, she's going to have a German accent. I, see, I think she's, <laughs> not, she's, gonna she's have not evil. One. She's just an asshole. She's <laughs> just an asshole. But that's what she is. She's just an asshole. But the whole time you're like, oh, well, if you're being an asshole, you got to be. No, man. Most movies, it's always like there's an asshole in a room and that's definitely not the killer. Yeah. If there's some like weird asshole and he's just an asshole all the time, you're like, that's not the bad but that's guy. Also the villain's the, smarter than that. But that's kind of also our hero. He's not saying like that he he is in, like, I don't know, I guess he kind of is intentionally an asshole, but he's a lovable asshole. Like Kinnaman's kind of like cuz he just has those outbursts. Like he's if you think about it, man, he's kind of a rude fucker. He might be an alcoholic, we don't know. Uh, no, he, you never see him take a drink in the movie. No, he does. No, I never you never do. Well, he has it with the father after they figure out like the because the 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 one priest that he goes to to be like I like they're saying that no this... he offers him a drink he's like no yeah but it, oh does that, he that priest is oh, okay. drinking like crazy because oh, yeah, he knows yeah. he knows well, shit I like that scene because it's just like they're sitting there and then all of a sudden you start hearing weird creaks and cracks oh. and stuff and the priest is just like slams that whole glass like god damn it yeah yeah <laughs> not this again <laughs> yeah there's some subtle stuff like that yeah. a lot of the uh, sound design in this movie I thought was effective and it it, it actually it definitely made the movie scarier and, you're def- yeah. it, it, <laughs> and they're definitely hearkening back to what they did yeah. the first one yes. like I think that's a that's especially a with especially with like sound design in this oh film. yeah that's what yeah, I'm, yeah absolutely oh sound design 100 I will say the one thing that I really wish I got to see and I just never saw this movie was a body with a statue in place of its head. Oh, like they kept yeah. talking about yeah. that. And they never show it. And well, you never no, see no, it. They do just... see it. No, that you do see it. At the end. Yeah, at the very end. Yep. He talks about the one with the it was painted like blackface. Well, that's with yeah. the kid. That's right. Yeah, that's the, the only kid. time you ever see. It was see. a twelve year old kid yeah. which is, that yeah. rises up through yeah. the floor yeah. on the cross. Was he on the cross or yeah. was there? He, he was on the oars. He was the oars. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because it was was in Georgetown where they filmed this they, that uh, he demanded William Billy demanded that the film be shot there. Can Billy. I just say, like watching the Exorcist movies, it makes me want to live in Georgetown because it looks like the creepiest fucking place at yeah. night. All this fog and like I know it's lit to be this way, but like I mean, it's just everything's so old and historic. It looks like fucking you know the headless horseman could come riding through at any fucking moment. <laughs> like, I want to move there. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, make sure you check out your neighborhood if you're living in Georgetown. Chris will be coming through. Yeah. Ichabod Crane himself. Ichabod Chris. It's like wearing like a jack-o'-lantern <laughs> mask and shit. Like I love it. Running around town. They're like, he thinks that's fucking Halloween, that's but what it's I need not. To, I need to be that for Halloween this year, Ichabod. I All right, guys. he thinks this is Halloween town? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about The Exorcist 3. You know my work, but the main thing is the torment of your friend, Father Karras, as he watches while I rip and cut and mutilate the innocent, his friends, and again, and again, and on and on. He is inside with us. He will never get away. His pain won't end. And we're back talking about Exorcist 3. Does anyone want to get any final words in before we rate this mammer jammer? Uh, no. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Get, All right. Get him in when we rate it. All right, Chris, what are we rating this mammer jammer? We're going to rate this Bill Blatties. Bill Blatties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start with Mike. 
I'm going to give this a four. I, the first time I saw this film, I was like, holy shit, this is really good. Like, I was super into it. I thought that it did a lot. No, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's as good as the original, but um, it actually was a surprisingly solid, like, entry, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I, I liked the acting in it. I thought all the weird shit in it. I thought the dream sequence was fucking off the fucking walls bonkers. And I love that about the film. And um, the only thing I, I would say that kind of bugs me a little bit is, like, the ending to me. It's got one of those, like, um, how do I put it? Like, it's like that Event Horizon ending. Like, it's creepy for, like, all but, the, like, the last tenth of the film. Like, everything blows up and, like, heaven, like, or hell comes out from the, from the ground. And for me, that was a little too much. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was like, is that, that's a real spectacle. I don't really need all that stuff. Um, but otherwise, man, I, I think it's a film that everybody should check out and not just assume it might suck because it bears the name of a, of a classic. Mm. That is four from Mike. That's four blatties. Uh, four Bill Blatties. Four Fatty Blatties. <laughs> How many Blatties am I going to give it? Uh, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Just go one like you want to. No, I'm going to go two Blatties. I'm going to go two Blatties on this one. Blatties. Bill Blatties. Two Fatty Blatties. It's not on just this any Blatty. Uh, man. Uh, so going into it blind wasn't a smart choice. Because I wish I had background on the film beforehand. Because going into it, I'm expecting an exorcist film. And coming out of it, that's not what I got. What I got was an old guy walking around a hospital that he looked like he might be a part of. um, Trying to solve a case. Real Nancy Drew situation going on here. Uh, Although it shot well and stuff like that, I never felt scared once in this film. Like the original. The original broke me to my fucking core <laughs> and made me have some sleepless nights. This movie put me to sleep. Um, it's boring. It's a talkie. It's a great film if you like um, exposition and you like to see actors uh, really hone their craft, but not a lot of action and not a whole lot going on. It just drags. Uh, shot well. Sound design's good. Technical aspect, great film. Otherwise than that, I think this could use an update, and I think this could be a very terrifying film if it did. I think they focused more on the supernatural element more than the the disbelief of it, I think, and gave into it a little bit more. I think it would be a lot better film. So I'm going to be at two for Exorcist 3. Kyle? Uh, I'm coming in at a four on this one, and um, quite honestly, I believe the opposite of most of what you said, Cody. Like... Here's the thing. I agree. Exorcist is the sca- probably one of the scariest films I've ever seen. I really appreciate the fact that they did not try to go 100%. We're going to recreate the original. They brought it into, uh, they, they introduced a new element, which was the detective drama, bringing it, grounding it in even more sense of reality. And I love the... I love the interaction of George C. Scott and Brad Dorif in this film. I think those scenes are, are done well. I think Brad Dorif is an amazing actor in this film, and he really pulls off his very, very long lines of dialogue. Now, I do agree there is one or two moments, I think Mike pointed out, where he's like, you know, explaining the, the science behind him coming back to life. It's like, that's not necessary right now because I don't care. I just love the fact that you're a walking corpse. Like, let's just keep it at that. Um Overall, I think this movie is shot wonderfully. I think it is a nice entry into the Exorcist world because I don't know if I could handle 
two films being equally as scary. I'm happy with my life having just one exorcist that scares the shit out of me, and this is a fun watch for me. So I'm going to come in at a four, uh, Billy Blatties. Chris! I'm coming in at a three, Bill Blatties. Um, I do enjoy this movie a lot for the technical aspect of it. I think the cinematography is great. The lighting's great. I, the, the scares did work on me, uh, even like more so than I remember seeing it uh, younger. Um, I definitely got drawn in more into the suspense of the film. I do like the cop drama about it, too. I think that it is a little long and has too few uh, instances of of scares and tension and we have to wait too long um, to, to start seeing some like real intense action, I feel like. And, and it's really shoved in at the end there uh, with some effects that are fun to watch. Yes, but definitely, in my opinion, don't hold up <laughs> um, there. You know, like Mike said, there's some off the wall scenes and some definitely some moments you can pull out of this film that I think are could be considered I- iconic. The lady climbing on the ceiling. Um but yeah, overall too long. I do lose interest. It is it is a little boring. Um a little too much exposition. I don't think Brad Dorf is always solid. I think there are some moments where it's like okay, like it's worn off on me now. And then a little confusing as well, him changing back and forth from Brad Dorf to, you know, Jason, I think it's Jason Alexander who plays Father Karras. Um going back and forth those characters I'm like is this like a is it Jason? It's Jason. I don't know if it's Jason Alexander. Jason Miller. <laughs> Jason Miller. Miller. God damn. Like, ah! Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Showing up again. <laughs> fucking first the burning George. That would have been an awesome fucking film. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want, Sorry, Jason Chris, Miller. Chris is playing his recast game <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. D- Jason Miller going back and forth between him and Brad Dorf. I was like, is that just like a concession to get Jason Miller back in the film? You know, like, I don't know. Um, anyways, it doesn't hundred percent work for me, but it has a lot of great, uh, elements and some iconic scenes. So three, uh, Bill Blatties for me, three Billy fatty Blatties from Chris. That's our show for this week. But before we go, we do have a review to read. Mike, you got that pulled up here. You want to read that I review? I do have it pulled up and this is from familiar name Bubba Hotep Ooh, we should do good, it on jo- the show. good job on grabbing that handle I think yep. it has been requested through coldfilminreview.com it, defi- it, it definitely has guys this is a five star review it says great podcast with four exclamation points so yeah, everybody else that said great podcast you're four times less the fucking yeah, just, podcast. He, he, is that he, an exclamation point for each cult uh, cult member here at the table I'd like I like to think so <laughs> that's my dream and he says, awesome show, guys. Really love the movie reviews and all the interesting information you provide. But he says, guys, please do a review for The Serpent and the Rainbow. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I've thought about that one. I think, Kyle, you have mentioned that several you have, times. Yeah. Yep. You never know when that one will be coming up. Thank you for uh, the review, Bubba Hotep. We really appreciate that. Uh, guys, if you want to shout out at the end of the show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps us climb those charts. And we all know how... Important that is, and then do us a favor head over to coldfilminreview.com. Uh, make sure you check out the latest episode, pick up a t shirt, do all that fun stuff. And then, Phoenix Film Bar, we're coming at you September 13th for the burning. They can get tickets where Chris, the film bar, phx.com. That is right. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook. We're on there. Check us out, uh, Colt Film Review. Just search that, you'll be able to find us. And then, if you want to check us out on Instagram, we're uh, 
Cold Film and Review. At Cold Film and Review. <laughs> Fancy that. We're making it hard for you. <laughs> Here's where things get a little dicey. If you're going to follow us on Twitter, just make sure you follow Cold Film underscore review. And then you'll be able to follow us on Twitter. Uh, and then when you're done with that, you can follow Kyle at. You can follow me on Instagram at Cold Film underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at. Cold Film underscore Chris on Instagram. And you can follow my guy. On Twitter at, at Mike's Lucio. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Snapchat and Instagram. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time. <laughs>